We are jumping into this series called Baggage, How to Live Free and Travel Light. One thing I am convinced of in the reality of the human condition is that we all have more in common than what drives us apart. Contrary to what seems to be such a divisive culture, whether it's politically, ideologically, uh, just worldviews, there is, I believe, more that brings us together than divides us. We just don't tend to look for those things. But if you look, you'll see there's so much that we have in common. Now, one of the things that we all have in common, every one of us, whether we admit it or not, is this. Every one of us has baggage. Everyone has baggage. Everyone has baggage. And by baggage, I mean things that have happened to us, things that we've done, things that we've said, ways that we've been hurt, wounded, ways that we've hurt other people, uh, attitudes that we've carried, mistakes that we've made, ways in which we have somehow been wounded and wounded others. And as a result, we carry with us this just multiplicity of, of hurts and, and psychological issues, emotional issues. We carry all this baggage with us. Everyone I know has baggage. Where that baggage comes from looks different for everyone because we all have different uh, paths that we travel. We all have different pasts. We all have different experiences. But I, I remember one time hearing a story of a, uh, someone who served in the military. And for decades, they carried the baggage of what they did while serving. They didn't do anything uh, against orders. They didn't act in uh, violent and evil ways beyond what was uh, required of them. But they just carried this baggage of guilt and feelings of remorse for what they did as a soldier. So we all have different ways that we carry baggage. Um, and, and so in this entire series, what we're going to be talking about is how do we leave the baggage behind? How do we leave the baggage behind? Because I know most of us, if we all have baggage, most of us say, I don't want to carry that baggage with me. I want to live free and travel light. I want to live, leave the baggage of pain and shame and guilt and remorse and bitterness, the baggage of the stuff that I hold on to, the baggage of the past, the baggage of control. I want to leave all of that behind. I don't know anybody who says, I just love carrying this stuff around. So we all want to leave the baggage behind. The problem is it's easier said than done. It's extremely difficult to let go of the baggage. I know for me, there are things that I've done in my life, decisions I've made, times that I didn't use the wisest discernment, mistakes, sins. I've hurt other people. I've hurt myself, let down people. And there are times, things that I've done decades ago, all of a sudden, it can flash into my mind. And I can begin to allow my thoughts to go to the place where it says, I'm still that same person. I've never changed. I've never grown. I never will change. This is who I'll always be. I'll always carry this with me. And I have a feeling that I'm not the only one who lives like that. That we can allow those thoughts to roll around in our minds and we carry the baggage with us. So what we're going to learn uh, today and throughout this series is this. You do not need to allow your baggage to keep you in bondage. You do not allow, need to allow your baggage to keep you in bondage. But so many of us do. So I want to start today by looking at uh, two men from the Bible. They are uh, 
Their stories are recorded for us primarily in the book of 1 Samuel. Um, and there are two kings. One is King Saul, one is King David. King Saul is the first legitimate king of Israel. King David is the second legitimate king of the kingdom of Israel. David is famous. You've heard of the story, I'm sure, David and Goliath. It's that David. Saul was his predecessor. Saul was the first king. Now, I just want to look at one section when they're anointed to be king, when God says that you are going to be the, the, the next king or the first king of Israel. And this remarkable uh, situation that arises in both of their lives and how they handle it markedly different. So here's about Saul. Samuel, the prophet, he took a flask of olive oil. He poured it on Saul's head and said, the Lord has anointed you to be ruler of his people, Israel. The people looked for Saul. They couldn't find him. So they asked the Lord, has Saul arrived here yet? The Lord answered, he's hiding among the baggage. Saul's anointed, he's called, he's chosen, and he hides with the baggage. Now, 27 years later, Saul has made some very, very poor choices. God decides, you're no longer going to be king. I am going to choose someone else. And it's not going to be one of your progeny, one of your children. It's not going to be from your family. I'm going to choose a man after my own heart who will do everything I ask him to do. And so God selects this young man named David. So Samuel, who is now old, he shows up and says, okay, I anointed the first king and now God has allowed me to live this long. I am going to now anoint the next king. And this is what it says. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, being David, in the midst of his brothers. Now Israel and the Philistines drew up in battle array, army against army. David left his baggage in the care of the baggage keeper and ran to the battle. Both called, both anointed, both chosen. One hides among them baggage, afraid to embrace what God is calling to, afraid to run into his destiny. The other leaves his baggage behind and says, this is it. This is my moment. Because in those two people, we see the reality that we all carry baggage. Every one of us has baggage and every one of us has to figure out what to do with that baggage. Now this morning, we're gonna talk specifically about the baggage of sin, the guilt and the shame that results from the baggage of sin. Because everyone has baggage, and I also know this. This is something else we all have in common as human beings. Like it or not, believe it or not, this is the truth. Everyone has baggage from sin. Not only does everyone have baggage, everyone has baggage from sin. And that can come in two forms, because everyone has been hurt, has been sinned against, and everyone has hurt. Everyone has sinned against someone else. I don't know anybody who says, no, I've never hurt, wounded, disappointed, lied, uh, done something to damage someone. I've never sinned against anyone. If that's you, we are celebrating your resurrection today. <laughs> no, we, we all have. As a matter of fact, this is what it, the Bible tells us in Romans. Paul's writing. Now, Paul, he, he was a man who tried to live a perfect life. But he looks at his own life and he comes to this realization. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's 
glorious standard. Everyone has it. Everyone carries with them the baggage of sin. Some way in which we've hurt, wounded, disappointed someone or many someones in our lives. So here's what I'd like you to do for just a moment. I'd like you to think just in your own mind, and then whoever's brave enough can come up and stand uh, and share the guilt that you carry from a sin in your life. Who's willing to come up and share? No. Um, think, what, what is, the, what is that, that guilt that you carry from a sin in your life? It could be sin that you've asked God to forgive you. It could be sin that you're unwilling to deal with. It could be something that you've sought forgiveness, but you can't forgive yourself. It could be a behavior that you're not willing to let go, an addiction you're not willing to admit. It could be um, some hate that you're not willing to let go of. It could be a critical or judgmental spirit that you're not willing to adjust. It could be some way in which uh, you have hurt someone and you're just not willing to admit it. And when you think about it, what you think is, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe all those years ago I did that. You might think, I can't believe I'm still doing this. I don't want to do this, but I keep doing it. And you think that everyone, when they look at you, says, I can't believe they would do that. And you've allowed that reality to define you in some way, shape, or time. So, does everyone, everyone have something in their mind? Now, for most of us, it didn't take us very long to think of that sin and identify that guilt. Most of us, you knew immediately or within the first five or 10 seconds, yep, that's the guilt, that's the shame, that's the embarrassment that I carry, that I think everyone knows how everyone looks at me, how everyone identifies me. Now, the reason is, A, we all carry the baggage of sin. B, the reason it's so easy to identify it is because in some measure, you're still hiding with the baggage. You're still holding on to the baggage. You're still carrying that baggage around with you. God says, I don't want that for you. The baggage of guilt and shame and condemnation is a heavy baggage to carry. It's a heavy burden to carry, and you're not meant to carry it. But King David, we talked about King David, right? He left his baggage behind, but he was not a perfect man. Oh, David is a man of faults. He, he did a lot of things that were not um, the best, but God's grace was there. He always was willing to repent. And when he did sin, he, he, it, it troubled him. This is what it says. David wrote this psalm, and he said, I am about to die. I cannot forget my pain. I confess my guilt. I am troubled by my sin. Most of us are troubled by our sin. We're troubled by our sin and it results in guilt and shame and condemnation. So everybody has baggage. Everyone has baggage from sin. But here's something else we all have in common. Everyone has a choice about their baggage. You have a choice about what you're going to do with the baggage that you carry. You can be like Saul and hide among the baggage and identify as the baggage and say, I'm comfortable with my baggage. I don't really want to leave this. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like the way it makes me feel, but it's safe. It's comfortable. Or you can be like David and say, there's a God who will take all my baggage, the baggage keeper. I don't need to carry it. 
And if I leave it in the care of the baggage keeper, I can run into my destiny and I can allow God to do whatever he wants with the baggage because I'm never going back to it. He's not holding it. See, some of us think when God is a baggage keeper, he holds it. And then when we want to go back to it, there it is. But God doesn't do that. We leave it in the care of the baggage keeper. We pursue what God's called us to. And God says, now, I'm going to do something with this. And he tosses it. And so when we come back, it's not there. But so many of us go, but God, I'm so, how many times do we repent for the same thing? So we have a choice. What are we going to do with the baggage that we have? We can be like Saul. We could be like David and leave it behind. But to, to leave it behind means that we have to seek forgiveness. We have to identify it. We have to own it. We have to be honest with it. And we have to be willing to say, I'm going to repent. Repent doesn't just mean asking God to forgive you. Repent means I'm going to go in the other direction. I'm, I intend to not ever do this again. I intend to leave this behind. So we have a choice. What are we going to do with the baggage of sin? Because if you hold on to it, it will hold you back. It will, it will keep you from being all that God wants you to do. See, here's the thing about the baggage of sin. And this is incredible. You and I created the baggage. You sinned. You created that baggage that you hold. But here's the other amazing thing. That baggage doesn't need to define you. Yes, you created it, but God will take it away. He says that doesn't need to be who you are. This is what it says in Hebrews. It says, let's throw off any extra baggage and get rid of the sin that trips us up. Why are you carrying all this extra weight, all this burden, all this heaviness of sin that's just holding you back and tripping you up and keeping you from stepping in to what God has for you? So yes, we all have baggage of sin. We all have a choice, though. I want to look at a psalm that David wrote. So we read earlier Psalm 38. David says, I'm troubled by my sin. But in Psalm 32, David writes, and he walks us through this beautiful progression of what this actually looks like, how this works. So I'm going to start in Psalm 32, uh, David's writing. He says, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. What joy, how blessed, how fortunate when your sin is overlooked. That word joy, how happy, how joyful, how blessed. Have you ever been in a situation where you have done something to someone? You, you know you hurt them in some way. You've, you've lied, stolen, gave them an attitude, talked unkindly, did something. And you knew you needed to go and make it right. But you weren't able to do it right away. For some reason, there was a delay. They weren't around. They weren't willing to really listen to you or hear from you. They were so hurt and wounded, and they needed time. They needed space. But for some reason, you couldn't do it right away. Do you remember what that felt like, that waiting time? It's awful. It's awful because you know until you make it right, nothing's going to be right. So you feel embarrassed. You feel ashamed. You, you, you just feel like, oh, I know better than that. I just want to move on and, and leave this behind, but I can't. And then finally, after a period of time, you're able to talk to that person. Look them face to face, eyeball to eyeball, and you say, I, I am so, so sorry. I had no right to do that. I have no excuse. I, just, I messed up. I made a mistake. 
Will you please forgive me? You ask forgiveness. They, they, they extend forgiveness. You receive forgiveness. And what do you feel at that point? A lightness, a freedom, a joy. That's what David's talking about, how joyful it is when your sins have been forgiven, when they've been put out of sight. It means they're, they're concealed. It means that you no longer have to see yourself as that person who sinned. So why are you carrying around the baggage that says, this is who I am? It's been concealed. It's out of sight. It's with the baggage keeper. It's not yours anymore. Walk in that joy. Then it goes on and says this. What joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. Those whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Now that is a profound statement, in complete honesty. What that says is, if you want to truly walk free from the baggage of sin, it requires complete honesty with God. Not forgiveness is, too many people try and use forgiveness as kind of like a scapegoat. I can live any way I want, God will forgive me. That's not forgiveness. Listen, your mother might forgive you that way, God doesn't. God says, if you want forgiveness from me, you need to be completely honest. I did this. I own it. I know I did this. I'm not making a game out of it. I'm not using forgiveness as an excuse to live any way I want. God, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. And, and with all that's in me, I want to be different. I want to be changed. That and only that, that level of complete honesty, of truth, not making a game out of forgiveness, not trying to fool yourself, fool somebody else, or certainly fool God. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is, God, I'm going to be completely honest and open with you. Here it is. Here's the thing. Being open and honest with God is terrifying to us. It doesn't bother God in the least. He already, like, knows. He already knows what you've done. He just wants you to say, I own it. I'm honest with this, and I don't want this anymore. Living free from the baggage of sin happens when you're honest with yourself and with your God. When you're, when you're that level of honest and transparent, forgiveness floods in. But most of us don't want to do this. And so this is what David says. When I refuse to confess my sin, when I wouldn't be honest, when I wouldn't be transparent, when I wouldn't own it, when I thought I could just hide it and I wasn't honest with myself, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. What's that telling us? It's telling us that when you carry the baggage of sin and you don't deal with it, it impacts your life in every way. Have you ever met someone who won't deal with their sin? Maybe it's been yourself. And if you carry that sin long enough, the guilt, the shame, unconfessed sin, I've seen it impact people's lives. Physically, it's what David's writing about. Physically, emotionally, psychologically, relationally. It will impact every area of your life. I have seen relational train wrecks. I have seen financial, uh, just finances wiped out. I have seen... People just have emotional breakdowns because they won't be honest with their sin. They won't deal with the guilt and the shame and the baggage of their sin. But here's the thing that I know. The baggage of sin can destroy your life. That's what, that's what David's writing to us. The baggage of sin can destroy your life in every aspect of your life. 
So we all have baggage. We all have the baggage of sin. We all have a choice to make. We can live with our baggage or we can leave our baggage. And then, then David finally ends with this just amazing statement about what happens when we leave our baggage behind. And this is what he says. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you, God. I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. That is God's great promise to us. Yes, we all have the baggage of sin. Yes, we all have a choice. And when we own it, when we deal with it, when we're completely honest with God, he doesn't just forgive our sin. He forgives the guilt of our sin. See, we feel guilty about our sin most of the time, not because of the act of the sin. We're grieved because of the guilt of the sin. What I did, the result, how it hurt me, how it hurt someone else. And God says, I, my forgiveness runs so, so very deep. And if you will reach out to me, I will not just forgive your sin. I will wipe away the guilt that you carry from your sin. That's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for me. So we see this in David, but it comes down to this reality. It's not just that you have baggage from sin. We all do. It's not just that you have a choice. We all do. At some point, you have to decide what you're going to do with that choice. There will come a time when you have to say, will I put this choice into action? So yes, we all have the baggage of sin. Yes, we all have a choice. But here's the last and most important thing. Everyone, everyone, everyone has a moment. You'll have a moment when you'll need to decide. What will I do? What will I do with this choice I have to make? For some of you, that choice is coming. For some of you, you need to begin to pray, God, when that moment comes, let me be ready. When that moment comes, give me the heart of David. When that moment comes, allow me to leave my baggage behind and run as headlong as I can, as fast as I can, straight into my destiny. For some of you, that moment is today. For some of you, that moment is going to be here now, today, when God says, I want you to be free, free, free from all the guilt, all the shame, all the condemnation that you've carried for so many years because of the sin that you've committed. Some of you say, I've asked God to forgive me. Yes, but you haven't allowed him to forgive the guilt. You've allowed him to forgive the sin, but you carry the guilt. You say, God, you can have this bag, but I'm just going to keep one little knapsack. I got to keep my personal baggage. Right? You go, go on a plane, you got check baggage, you got the carry-on baggage, and then you got your personal baggage. And some of you say, God, you can have the sin baggage. You can forgive that, but I need to keep my personal baggage of shame because I'm so ashamed and I can never let it go. I can never let it go. You can be like Saul. Saul hid with the baggage and it impacted his destiny. It impacted God's call, God's plan, and God's purpose for his life. Or you can be like David. You can leave the shame behind and run into your destiny. Here's what I know. The guilt from your past sins will impact your future based on your present decisions. The guilt from your past sins will impact your future based on your present decisions because everyone has a moment. And when that moment comes and the decision you make, what will I do? with this shame, with this guilt, with this sin that I carry, what will I do with it? What you do with it at that moment, in that present moment, that present reality will define what your future is going to look like. Hebrews says it like this. 
being sprinkled with the blood of Christ, our hearts have been made free from a guilty conscience. Free from a guilty conscience. You can be free from the guilt and the shame of the sin. But you have to make that choice. What am I going to do? You're going to have that moment. Now listen to me. I am not foolish enough. I am not foolish enough to think I can stand up here and tell you, you have the baggage of sin. You have a choice what to do with that baggage. And at some point, you're going to have a moment when you have to move and and you need to let that go and to think that everyone here is just going to let it go. Because we didn't get here in a moment. We got here over a course of time, weeks, months, years, decades, a lifetime of choices that have defined us and filled us with shame and guilt. But here's what I know. If you will begin to say, God, remove that guilty conscience, remove that guilty conscience. God, I don't want to be that person. I want to be like David. I want to run into all that you have for me. He will begin to change you. See, today's Easter. Today's Easter. On Friday, we celebrated and and remembered and thought on the death of Jesus. But on Easter, we talk about the resurrection of Jesus. But Jesus knew on Good Friday... When he died, before there could be an eternal kingdom, he had to drink an unbearable cup. He understood that. He understood that before the light of Sunday, he had to go through the darkness of Friday. But he did it for a reason. This is what Paul writes in Romans. Christ was raised from the dead. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. That means he died to sin for all of us, for you and for me going to commit. He died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. What's that telling us? It's telling us when you allow God to take away your sins, when you ask him to forgive you, he takes away the guilt. He takes away the shame. He takes away the condemnation. So you have a choice. You can allow the baggage of your life to keep you in bondage. Or you can leave your baggage behind. You have that choice. And for some of you, this is that moment when you start that process, when you run boldly into God's presence, when you talk to him in complete honesty, when you own everything that you've done and you say, God, I've done this and I'm so ashamed and I'm so embarrassed, but I don't want to carry shame and guilt anymore. I want to be free. I want to be free and run into the plan and the purpose and the destiny you have for my life so you can leave the baggage behind, the baggage of sin, all of that behind, and run toward your future. And that is not only the choice you have to make, but you can do that in this moment. This is that time when God says, I want to do something great in your life. For some of you, It starts with saying, God, I want to start a relationship with you through Jesus Christ for the first time. For some of you, it's like coming home again. Because you're like the the story of what we call the prodigal son, this, this young man who had a relationship with God and he squandered everything and he was so ashamed. He said, I'm not even worthy to be your son. He was so embarrassed. He was so guilty. He was so ashamed. He said, I I, I, I don't even want to be called your son. But the the father said, your sin and your guilt and your shame, they don't define you. I define you. 
And if you want to come back into relationship with me, the door is wide open. So leave the sin in the baggage keeper's care and leave your shame in the baggage keeper's care. But for some of you, that's a hard thing because you've allowed that guilt and that shame to define you. So I'm gonna ask right where you are, if you'd stand to your feet, I wanna pray. I wanna pray for you. And then we're gonna enter into a time of worship. We're gonna sing a few more songs that celebrate who God is, the great work of Jesus, the power of his resurrection. And during that time, after I pray for you, during that time, you may say, God's moving. I wanna step boldly into my future. I wanna leave the baggage behind. Listen to me, I am telling you, if you will take a step, a physical step, because sometimes what we do in the natural is representative of what's happening in the spiritual, in the supernatural. So as we sing and you say, I want to leave all my guilt and shame behind. I want to leave the baggage in the care of the baggage keeper. Then as we sing, come forward, let someone pray with you. And when you leave here, I believe by God's grace, you're going to leave here light that you can live free from the baggage of shame. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And God, we all know those sins that we've committed. We all know the shame that we carry. We all know the guilt that we allow to define us. And God, I'm asking right now by your Holy Spirit, it would be done. It would be over. God, that we would be like David and leave it behind, leave it behind, leave it behind. God, forgive us for when we've been like Saul and we've hid among the the baggage even though we're forgiven, even though we're called, even though we're anointed, even though we're chosen, we've chosen instead to live identified by our baggage. But God, you don't want that for us. You want something so much better, so much richer. And so God, I'm asking that we would have the boldness. We'd have the confidence. We'd have the faith, God, to finally once and for all leave the baggage behind. Oh God, help us. We can't do it on our own, but because Jesus died a horrible death and rose again three days later, God, we can receive that. So I'm asking you right now, move in our hearts. And for those of you, as we continue to pray, for those of you who would say, I want to start a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never said, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower. And I want to do that Oh, the idea of not carrying the guilt and shame of sin. It's all I've had for my whole life. Know what I've done. Everybody knows what I've done and I've tried to fool them all, but I can't even fool myself. God says, I'll forgive you. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is confess it. All you have to do is be honest with me and I will wipe it away. If that's you here this morning, if you're in person, please just raise your hand. If you're in line, if you're joining us online, just click the button because I want to give my heart to Christ. And now whether you've raised your hand or not, if you would repeat this prayer after me, the words aren't as important as the heart behind it, that you mean it. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You confess your sins and you ask him to forgive you and you believe that God raised Christ from the dead. You'll be forgiven. So if everyone would repeat this after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you now and I ask you to forgive me for every sin I've ever done. I've hurt you. 
I've hurt others and I've hurt myself. I can't change the past, but I can leave my baggage behind. So God, I ask you, take all my baggage and give me a new life in Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the gifts of the Spirit. And give me all the fruit of the Spirit. That I would love others. Tell them about you. And know that one day, I'll spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to God's family. We are so excited. And I want to invite you at the end of our service, come forward, let someone help you take those next steps. But now, one last time, you would just close your eyes. We're going to enter into this time of worship. If, if you're someone who says, I want to step boldly into my future, I want to step boldly into who God's called me to be, and I am ready to leave the guilt and the shame behind. I'm ready to leave all of that baggage behind. And right now, right where you are, I'm just encouraging you. I'm inviting you. Take that bold, courageous step. Step forward and leave the baggage behind. Step forward and let someone pray with you. Step forward and say, I am going to leave here different because I don't want to carry the guilt and the shame and the baggage of sin anymore. Oh, God, help us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.